Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is April 5th, 2022, and our first story Elon Musk has been appointed to the board of directors of Twitter in a major move. We now may see some very serious changes at the tech giant. Maybe Donald Trump coming back. Maybe Elon Musk coming back. In our next story, Democrat voters continue their switch, registering as Republicans as the Republican Party sets milestones in states like Florida. Big changes are coming in November. And in our last story, AOC's campaign confirmed to have failed to disclose $1 million in campaign expenses, a major scandal, but the FEC dropped the complaint. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars, tell your friends about the show. Now, let's get into that first story. Yesterday, we got breaking news that Elon Musk had purchased 9.2% of Twitter. We saw people tweeting, bring back Trump in a viral trend. Many people on the left were shocked and scared. But the reality is just owning this decent chunk of the company didn't mean Elon Musk had any real power. Of course, many employees of Twitter were still kind of worried as to what this would mean. And their fears were not unfounded. This morning, ladies and gentlemen, we have breaking news. Elon Musk has officially joined Twitter's board of directors. We got the filing with the SEC.gov. Public tweets from the CEO saying we welcome Elon Musk. Elon Musk already saying, hey, you guys want an edit button? And most people are like, yeah, we do. Well, this is it. Elon Musk now actually does have substantial power within the company. And it seems like this move may have been a compromise to prevent Elon Musk from buying more of the company. Elon buying 9.2, I think, sent chills down the spine of the big companies and the, the executives and powerful interests at Twitter. And so in exchange for him being appointed to the board, he can't purchase more than, I believe it's 14.9% of the company. Elon, you clever, clever man. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Elon has been tweeting about free speech. We have a tweet from the CEO of the Babylon Bee who said that they talked to Elon because he asked them if they were suspended. And they were like, yeah, for a joke. So let me just tell all of those woke leftists who are so terrified because Elon Musk now is a, uh, the largest shareholder of the company. You work for Elon. I want you to remember that. 
I want you to think about it. And to everybody else, I would appreciate if you would share the sentiment. All of these woke leftists, you work for Elon Musk. It's not just that he owns part of the company. He's on the board of directors. He gets to decide what happens at this company. Partly, not completely, but partly. So changes are going to come. That means all of the work you do as an engineer or in PR or recruiting or whatever it is you do is for and for the benefit of Elon Musk. Oh, it is so sweet that you work for him now. Do you like it? Do you like working for Elon Musk? Do you like helping make Elon Musk even more rich? Because the work you do will contribute to the rising stock prices. Congratulations. Me, I'm all for it. I think SpaceX, Tesla, and Starlink are fantastic. And you know, guys, one time Elon Musk tweeted at me. So I'm just like, oh, gosh, Elon can do no wrong. Okay, not really. The guy's far from perfect, to be honest. But this is it. This is an amazing move. We've got some developments, and I want to read for you the reactions from the woke left freaking out about this. And I also want to show you the SEC filings and uh, statements from Republicans. This is particularly fascinating stuff, as well as statements made by the CEO of Twitter about how they're not for free speech. Well, I think the times they are a changing. from TimCast.com breaking. Elon Musk joins Twitter's board of directors, according to a new filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission on Monday. Elon Musk has been appointed to a seat on Twitter's board of directors. The filing states the company will appoint Mr. Musk to the company's board of directors to serve as a class two director with a term expiring at the company's 2024 annual meeting of stockholders. They're given Elon two years. Amazing. The filing goes on to state that Musk is not allowed to purchase more than 14.9% of the company's common stock, limiting his ability to gain full controlling shares of the corporation. Fascinating. Parag Agrawal, the current CEO, says, I'm excited to share that we're appointing Elon Musk to our board. Through conversations with Elon in recent weeks, it became clear to us that he would bring great value to our board. I think they're all just mildly perturbed by this. But what can you do? Publicly traded company and Elon made a big purchase. Elon says, looking forward to working with Parag and Twitter board to make significant improvements to Twitter in the coming months. Elon Musk was officially appointed to the board seat in a letter filed with the SEC and signed by Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal, who posted the announcement in his own Twitter Tuesday morning. I'm excited to share that we're appointing Elon Musk to our board. We read that already. On Monday, it was reported Elon Musk has acquired 9.2%. We know this. Elon Musk then tweets, do you want an edit button? And Parag, or this is yesterday, Parag Agrawal says the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. Oh, they don't want it. I love it. They don't want an edit button. The move by Musk, reportedly the world's richest man, comes just weeks after he started criticizing the platform for violations of free speech. Which brings me now to our good friends over at the Babylon Bee. Seth Dillon, who uh, CEO of Babylon Bee, tweets, Musk reached out to us before he polled his followers about Twitter's commitment to free speech. He wanted to confirm that we had, in fact, been suspended. He even mused on that call he might need to buy Twitter. Now he's the largest shareholder and has a seat on the board. Bravo, bravo, uh, Elon Musk. And um, man, serious respect. The Babylon Bee guys, they made a joke. They make jokes. They're allowed to make jokes. Twitter suspended their account over jokes. Babylon Bee is refusing to delete the tweet. I don't know where we're currently at on that whole situation, but I'm willing to bet uh, my, my, my belief is they still have not removed this tweet where they made a joke about someone being man of the year. 
Twitter should immediately back off, restore their account, and not pe- penalize them. Well, I made some tweets about what I think that uh, um, Elon Musk or that Twitter should do. We can see bring back Trump is, is trending with, I think, like 40,000 tweets. Brandon Strzok says, retweet if you want Elon Musk to bring back Trump. Well, okay, uh, I, I agree with that. Absolutely bring back Trump. Sure. But I said we need a path to redemption for people who are banned or suspended. We need evidence provided to those if they are to be banned or suspended. Hard evidence of, 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 of particular wrongdoing. They can then choose to publish. And third, no more political censorship. Not an exhaustive list. But the political censorship specifically refers to things like misgendering policy. Conservatives and liberals disagree on what misgendering means. Twitter should not be siding with only one political faction. That is not okay. Well, a lot is coming. In this letter, let me see if I can zoom in because it's quite small. A letter to the SEC. It reads, Dear Mr. Musk, Twitter Inc., the company, and Elon Musk hereby agree as follows. The appointment of Mr. Musk as a director. As promptly as practicable, following the execution of this letter agreement, subject to and contingent upon the provision by Mr. Musk and any information the company reasonably, reasonably requires to complete its customary onboarding procedures, including a customary background check and completion of the company's DNO questionnaire for members of the board of directors of the company, the board, <clears throat> the company and the board will take all necessary, uh, all action necessary so that Mr. Musk will be appointed to the board as a class two director with the term expiring So we know this. We know this. This is just the formal letter. Company securities. Mr. Musk agrees that for so long as Mr. Musk is serving on the board and for 90 days thereafter, Mr. Musk will not either alone or as a member of a group become the beneficial owner of more than 14.9% of the company's common stock outstanding at such time, including for these purposes, economic exposure through derivative securities swaps or hedging transactions. Now, I think a lot of people are looking at that and they're saying they don't want uh, Musk to take control of the platform. Possibly. I think they're also concerned that Musk could pump and dump. So they're saying, we don't want you buying up a whole bunch of stock, driving the price up, and then bailing out. Joining the board of, di- board of directors is going to pump the price. Personally, full disclosure, I bought, I think I bought 22 shares and it's currently trading around 50 bucks because I think Elon Musk is going to bring value. I think often what Elon Musk Musk uh, works on turns to gold, to put it simply. Well, I can just say Tesla is very valuable. Um, SpaceX is very valuable. Let's see what happens if they ever get an IPO. And Starlink, I think, is um, is is absolutely amazing. I don't, I don't, I don't know if Starlink is part of SpaceX, but either way, I think Elon Musk will help fix Twitter and will drive up that that stock. They all know it. They all want it. I don't think they want him to take control, too much control, and I don't think they want him doing a pump and dump. People are saying, you know, that the 14.9% limit is because he could gain substantial control of the company, but that's still not controlling shares. They say the group, the terms group and beneficial owner define blah, blah, blah. I don't really care about that. And here's the filing with the SEC. Amazing. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. 
And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They, they, they outline these, uh, these issues. The board will appoint Musk to serve as a class two director, um, meeting of shareholders. Other than described as item 101, there are no arrangements or understandings between Mr. Musk, uh, Mr. Musk on the one hand and the company on the other or any persons, blah, blah, blah. He'll participate in the director benefits arrangements applicable to non-employee directors as described by their director, blah, 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 blah. You get the point. Here we go. Signed by their chief financial officer with a letter signed by the CEO. This is filed with the New York Stock Exchange jurisdiction of Delaware, San Francisco, all of that good stuff. Form 8K. It's happening, my friends. It is happening. Republicans, of course, are celebrating. They're cheering this. And this is fairly obvious. We have, uh, you know, Twitter stock is skyrocketing. Jim Banks tweets, if Elon Musk can clean up Twitter and stop online censorship, I'm all for him taking over the whole damn thing. Lauren Boebert says, now that Elon Musk is Twitter's largest shareholder, it's time to lift the political censorship. Oh, and bring back Trump. Yeah, bring back Trump for sure. Monica Crowley says Elon Musk should, should end political censorship, company-wide reform, and the reinstatement of President Trump. Now, as to how they uh, 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 will, will handle this over on the left, I am quite curious what the reactions will be. Many of these Twitter employees now work for Elon Musk. They don't just work for him. They work to make him rich. Oh, yes, every little brick by brick they lay, will increase the net worth of the world's richest man. I want you to think. I want you to say it. I want you to scream it from the high heavens. That's right. That's that's right, Twitter employees. When you click that mouse, when they say, hey, we need you to submit this form, just remember that when you click submit for your job, you are making Elon Musk rich. Oh, it feels so good, doesn't it? I suppose you can accept that he is your boss and all the benefits that come with it. Or you can leave. But I think you won't leave. I think what's going to happen is all these woke Twitter leftists are going to be like, man, I don't want to work for Elon Musk. And they'll keep doing it. And it's going to be amazing. The Post Millennial writes, Twitter employees triggered by Elon Musk buying ownership stake in the platform. This is from the other day. But we have a series of tweets highlighted by Andy No and the Post Millennial. Andy No tweets days after inquiring his followers about free speech and lack thereof. Elon Musk has become Twitter's largest shareholder. Many leftists are concerned about what this might mean for their stranglehold on censorship policies that favor their politics. Cassie Nick Rumbaugh, a data scientist at Twitter, is among the employees and contractors very upset that Elon Musk is now the largest stakeholder in Twitter. A prominent transphobe buying a large stake in Twitter is not funny at all saying, I'm honestly kind of terrified. No, okay, well, Cassie, you can quit. You, you, no one's keeping you there. You can walk out the door. You know, I wonder how many of them actually will protest? How many of them actually will walk out? And they should. 
Because I tell, I tell conservatives the same thing. If you are conservative and you work for a company and your boss comes down and does all this woke trash and you refuse to quit, I want you to think about that. I want you to remember each and every one of you police officers and conservatives working for woke companies. How does it feel empowering all of these woke people? Do you enjoy it? You say you can't quit? I get it. It's tough. But I want you to think about that every single day. Who you support with every click of your button, who you make rich, and who you give power to. Times they are a changing. We have another tweet. He says, Andy No says, Gerard Taylor, a senior software engineer at Twitter, is concerned about the leftist company culture following Elon Musk becoming the largest shareholder. He says, my current sentiment, stock is up, yay. But what about our company culture? Your company culture, oh no. I'm not even convinced Elon Musk will do all that much, but we'll see. I'm, 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 I'm hoping he does. One, tw- one person said, I honestly can't tell if Twitter employees are happy or worried about the news. Looks like I picked a good week to be off, reacts Jerry Kidd, a recruiting manager for Twitter. The news that Elon Musk is now the largest stakeholder in the company. The recruiting manager said, you know, good time. No, no regrets. Ashna Giuliani, a Twitter software engineer, posted a video of a crying woman to show how upset she is over Elon Musk becoming the largest stakeholder in the company. Me trying to enjoy the stock price without thinking about why. Absolutely amazing. This guy, uh, Haraldur Thorleifsson, who directs creative services for Twitter, states his dislike for Elon Musk. He says, Elon Musk just temporarily, at least, made me a lot of money, and I still dislike him. Oh, man. Elon Musk tweeted this famous tweet. Do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle? uh, He says free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. Two million votes, 2,035,924 with 70% saying no. Two to one, no. Musk said, the consequences of this poll will be important. Please vote carefully. Wow. I'm excited. I am. I am excited. I am grateful because you take a look at what the CEO of Twitter had said in the past and you realize we needed an intervention. Now, Elon Musk is on the board. What do we need next? Okay, all you other wealthy individuals, industrialists, people, libertarian or right wing, y'all better start buying up Twitter stock as well or any other platform because your ideas will disappear with you because they're controlling the flow of information in politics and policy. Over the New York Post, we have this story from December 4th, 2021. New Twitter CEO raises free speech worries. They say some critics fear the new C- uh, C- uh, Twitter's new CEO has a worse record on free speech than his predecessor. Jack Dorsey was bad. Jack Dorsey was weak. He was either unable to do his job or he just lied all the time. Probably a little bit of both. In a 2018 interview, Agrawal said Twitter should focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. Where our role is particularly emphasized is who can be heard. And so increasingly, our role is moving towards how we recommend content, how we direct people's attention. Hmm, interesting. Wikipedia co-founder Larry Sanger slammed the comments. So this is how he feels about free speech. Of course, another Silicon Valley jerk engaging in doublespeak using what should be an open public square for manipulation and indoctrination. Agrawal is not the arbiter of truth and morality, nor is CNN or anyone else. So why do they believe they have the right to manipulate public discourse? I'm not convinced. Elon Musk will bring about a renaissance of free speech on Twitter. I don't believe so. 
I think he may unban some people. Maybe we'll get an edit button. Maybe it'll be a little bit better. But will it be a renaissance of a free and open internet? No, because the company just won't allow it. And even if Elon Musk is on the board, he can't do anything about it. There are certain realities to Twitter. There are certain realities to the internet that even I understand. And the reality is that, look, we get demonetized sometimes. I used to get demonetized on YouTube all the time. I'd log into YouTube and I'd see my latest video about something political and it would be demonetized. I'd make no money from doing it. And that was bad. Imagine just working all day and getting nothing for it. It was getting punched in the gut. So over time, uh, the system has improved. But as much as getting demonetized does suck, I realized we need to start TimCast.com. And, and, and it, I got to be honest, we were late to the party because it took us a year to do, which probably I'm surprised it took us so long. I, I mean, I had TimCast.com for a while and it was just like, a, you can donate, whatever. I don't really do anything with the website. Thanks for your support. And uh, made some money from it. I should have started it the moment we launched TimCast IRL, but you know, it, it, it is what it is. But the reason I launched it is because I knew that these demonetizations and censorship meant that on a whim, I could be nuked, the company gone. Waking up and seeing you made no money yesterday because they either made a mistake or demonetized you is brutal. But again, that being said, when I get demonetized, sometimes I say, yeah, I know why. Uh, if there's a video of war, I do my best to avoid, you know, outright showing graphic depictions. But if I'm talking about something, you know, war, a war and death, and then they're like, hey, this was demonetized. I get it. Now, sometimes the demonetization is BS. And maybe it's political. But like if Colgate doesn't want to run their toothpaste ad on a video talking about serious harm and graphic imagery, I can't blame them. That's the reality. And so what does that mean for Twitter? Advertisers, are they, do, do they want to be on the platform? Here's my attitude. Twitter dominates so substantially, they should tell these companies, we are the premier political discourse platform. If you want to advertise where the conversation happens, recognize bad conversations happen. And if you don't like it, too bad. The issue is Coca-Cola. They're going to be like Twitter. There's a whole bunch of, you know, hate speech on your platform and we don't want to be associated with it. Twitter then says, oh, gee, OK, we'll do something about it. I think that's a mistake. Imagine there is a billboard for Pepsi you know, downtown in some city. And there are a, a horde of people standing beneath it, holding up, you know, uh, just offensive statements or pictures of, you know, abortions and things like that. Is Pepsi going to be like, we demand that you get these people away from our billboard. We don't want to be associated with it. No, because regular people are like, dude, we know Pepsi has nothing to do with that protest. You can advertise on a platform without people blaming you for what people say on the platform. I think the issue is Twitter, YouTube, these big companies just refuse to actually stand up and push back. Now, they probably actually just like what's going on anyway, but that's why I'm loving all of the outrage from the woke left as they spit and yowl and freak out and cry, oh no, oh no, you have to participate in real life with other people who disagree with you. Oh, I'm so sorry. And nothing's even happened yet. Elon Musk hasn't done anything, and we don't know if he, if, he, if he can even do anything. Take it, culture war victory, I guess. It's good news. 
We're hoping that real changes will come. But I mean, the first thing Elon tweets about is an edit button. I don't, I don't care. However, the first thing he did tweet about before buying was, do you care about free speech? Or, or do you think Twitter is upholding free speech? And the answer was no. Elon, you need to immediately force Twitter to unban the Babylon Bee and everybody else. Bring back Donald Trump. Bring back Alex Jones. Bring back Milo Yiannopoulos. Create a path to redemption. Show people strikes like YouTube does and, and give them evidence and a written statement when you do. Say, we have applied the strike to your channel because on August 17th, 2021, you tweeted the following. This is a violation of, of you know, our rules as it pertains to this. You can appeal. I don't, I have no problem with Twitter having rules. Doxing is wrong. But many of their rules are politically biased and shouldn't be. Reform that. Let people come back. And this is the crazy thing. I'm not even, I didn't even, I'm not even saying overtly in many of the circumstances that they shouldn't be allowed to have their rules the way they want, but they shouldn't be allowed to sentence someone to life, a life ban from the platform over three infractions or whatever. You know, I, I, I pointed out with, uh, back in the, back in the old four years ago now, it was it, wow, was it really four years ago? Was it 2018 when I went on with, with uh, Rogan and Twitter? Crazy. I think it was. I said, people kill other people and we don't put them in jail for life. They get 25 years. So why doesn't Twitter actually think about what a permanent ban means for someone's access to digital uh, economies? If you've got someone who's a politician and you ban them for life, like you're seriously hindering them. You control too much. That's too much power. Elon, make the changes. Do what you can. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Last November, it was considered a major milestone for Republicans that in Florida, they finally overtook Democrats in total registered voters. As of April 1st, it is being reported that Florida voter registration, Republicans overtake Democrats by 100,000. But it's not just about the state of Florida, which is now very clearly a red state. It's about Miami-Dade County. Once a Democrat stronghold, a blue district is now slowly turning Republican. Democrats are jumping ship, registering as Republicans, and many independent voters are registering as Republicans as well. Now, I like to cite many of these polls showing that when it comes to sentiment on issues like critical race theory, wokeness, policy, taxes, etc., independent voters tend to lean toward Republican. And I wonder why that is. One of the most important bits of data in this is news consumption. We've seen the polls in the past. Liberal or Democrat voters tend to exclusively get their information from corporate press, left-leaning outlets. Independent voters, it's two to one. 60% or so comes from mainstream press and about 30 to 40% comes from conservative outlets. And among conservatives, it's inverted. About 60% comes from conservative sources and about 30 or to 40% comes from left-leaning sources. That is to say, independent voters and Republican voters have a mixed news consumption diet, but Democrats typically only get their information from Democrat sources. I think this is what's actually changing the game. More and more grassroots efforts among post-liberal, civil libertarian, libertarian, conservative individuals to talk about what's really going on 
the problems facing our country. Sure, there are many people who are still trapped in the lies of the corporate press, but as more and more people realize what's happening to this country, as more and more of their questions go unanswered, seems like regular people are starting to jump ship and switch over to the, to the Republican Party. It is not just in Florida. We're basically seeing it across the board. It is not just white working class voters. As uh, what, what, what does The Intercept call it? The Intercept says it's not just white people. Democrats are losing normal voters of all races. I don't know what they intend to uh, what they're what they mean by normal voters of all races. But uh, yeah. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arkseedkits.com. They say Democrats fear they're losing white swing voters over racial politics. Three studies suggest that the party's elite culture may be the real problem. Perhaps. Or perhaps it's what the Daily Beast says. Democrats keep confusing Twitter for the real world. Winning votes is the name of the game, but liberals keep pushing unpopular policies to chase the cool kids' likes. I think that's it. I think that really does explain it. And I also think it's serious desperation. Not only have we seen 11 staffers quit Kamala Harris's or the Biden administration under Kamala Harris, 31 Democrats are retiring. And we're seeing a whole bunch of these impeachment Republicans retiring with Liz Cheney apparently now desperately begging Democrats for help because that's what you are. It's not about the Democratic Party. It is about the establishment, uniparty, garbage foreign policy and corruption, the likes of which is exemplified by the Biden family and these ignorant people who do not pay attention voted in one of the most crooked, corrupt, inept politicians we've ever seen in Joe Biden. It's all plain to see for anyone who reads the news. The documents, the sworn affidavits, the statements from Biden himself about his illicit dealings, uncovering the lies. Oh, I don't talk to my son about work. And then the famous photograph showing Joe Biden with Hunter Biden and his business associates and questions about who is the big guy. But let's talk about one of the big reasons I think Democrats are losing. They keep chasing after insane culture war politics in the wrong direction. How could it be that we are here? Democrat Senator Durbin objects to Republican legislation seeking tougher sentences for people who abuse children. Somehow, Democrats have been pushed into a corner where they're outright supporting people who abuse children. For what reason? You're not going to win votes with that. Perhaps it's all on principle. 
Okay, if the Democrats are the party of principled protection of people who abuse children, you're barking up the wrong tree. But that's apparently what's happening. But let's see exactly what's happening. Let's take a look at the polls. Take a look at the registration numbers. And let's talk about how, once again, we are seeing Democrats continually quitting the party in huge numbers. And we'll talk about why that is. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support my work and the work of all of our journalists. And as a member, you will get access to exclusive episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast, which goes up Monday through Thursday at 11 p.m. with all of our guests uncensored. Not very family friendly, but it's with your support. We will continue to expand this company, make new shows, hire new people, and we are eternally grateful. So don't forget, smash the like button. Give us a good review. If you're listening on the podcast, leave us five stars. Share the show with your friends. Tell them about it. It really does help. Now, let's get into that first story from Epic Times. They say, as of August 23rd, Florida primary, as the August 23rd Florida primary draws near, data released by the office of Governor Ron DeSantis shows there are 100,000 more registered Republicans than Democrats in the Sunshine State. In November 2021, DeSantis announced that Florida, where Democrats held an advantage over Republicans of well over 260,000 votes when he took office in 2019, saw a net gain of over 300,000 new Republican voters. On February 28th, the Florida Department of State reported that there were 5,135,377 registered Republicans and 5,045,849 registered Democrats. A difference of 89,528, according to new data released by the governor's office. The difference is now a staggering 101,076. More startling is the revelation that the historically blue stronghold of Miami-Dade County is losing Democratic voters. As of April 1st, there were 585,882 registered Democrats compared to 427,000 Republicans. That is a loss of more than 9,000 votes as they previously had 594,924 in total, a tumble of nearly 41,000 from the total registered Democrats at the in Miami-Dade as of 2020. They go to mention in Hernando County, where Republicans have traditionally held the majority, the number of registered Democrats has fallen to third place below Republicans and others for the first time in its nearly 180 year history. Florida was the number one relocation destination for Americans in 2020, as the Epic Times reported on June 9th. We have this story from Politico, the milestone moment. Republicans officially overtake Democrats in Florida. The change has been happening for some time, and we are seeing a persistent switch as people say they no longer want to be Democrats and they now want to be Republicans, as exemplified in this story from the Nevada Independent. Update. Trend continued in March of more Democrats switching to GOP. Why could that be? Update as of April 1st, Democrat to Republican, 508. Republican to Democrat, 152. Democrat to nonpartisan, 765. Republican to nonpartisan, 404. Nonpartisan to Democrat, 838. And nonpartisan to GOP, 1036. Across the board, You have people quitting the Democratic Party and becoming Republicans. You have more people joining the Republican Party, less people leaving the Republican Party. I do not believe, my friends, the Republicans have all the answers. 
But I believe a lot of people are starting to look at the Democrats and they're starting to think these people are insane. But this persistent switch is uh, 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 persistent and consistent. It is telling and it is indicative of the hard work by many activists, notably the persistence himself, Scott Pressler, who tweeted March 30th. We did it, saying in August 2021, the Democrats had an advantage of 2,779 voter registrations in Pinellas County, Florida. Today, Republicans have a lead of 2,800. That's a flip of 5,579 voters. Our voter registration efforts are flipping counties from blue to red across the country. Scott Pressler is not the only person who is engaged in the practice of registering voters, but he is one of the most prominent and persistent individuals seeking to register voters. And not only that, dude's cleaning up trash. That was, I mean, this dude went around cleaning up garbage in cities and he was accused. The media was like, he's just trying to to score votes for Republicans. And my response is just like, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, geez. The Republicans are cleaning up trash in impoverished parts of major cities. Oh, they might. Oh, they've tricked us. Oh, oh, no. Really? You mean you've got a bunch of Republicans going up and cleaning up your city and you're mad about it? That is twisted and insane. A bunch of Republicans show up and they say, we want to show people that we're willing to put in the work to clean up these cities and help people. So we're going to clean up these cities and help people. And you're like, how dare you? You, Democrats, you left these cities in disarray and now you're angry that Republicans saw an opportunity to clean the cities up? Talk about insane. This is why, in my opinion, Republicans are starting to do better. Now, Scott, on his Twitter, just shows all of the major gains that Republicans are getting. It's really amazing. Democrats are losing. The lead is narrowing. Republicans are gaining across the board in Philadelphia. Voter registration in, all, in, in many different states. Great news in this Twitter thread from Scott Pressler. Now, I don't think Republicans have all the answers. I certainly think you can see it reflected in the independent vote as to why Republicans are growing, that people have a growing disdain for Democrats and independent voters where you need to see real opportunity. There is something particularly interesting in the data. If you want to register someone to be a Republican, they can't already be a Republican. They can be a Democrat. They could be independent. But Democrats typically don't want to be Republicans, though we are seeing that switch in in relatively small numbers, but large enough to make a dent. Take a look at this from Civics, a poll. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of the Republican Party? We have seen since January 2021, there has been a slight increase. Now, to be fair, at the end of October, there was a major drop from Election Day to January 6th with favorability sinking for Republicans among independents. It was fairly high, around 23, 27, 28%. And unfavorable for the Republican Party spiked around the same time. In the past few months, favorability for Republicans among independents has ticked up a few points to 21%. And unfavorable has dropped down to 60. Here's where it gets interesting. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of the Democratic Party? Well, The unfavorable uh, opinion of the Democratic Party among independents has been fairly static, around 60 or so percent, but recently spiked to 68, now sitting at 67 percent. And favorable 
among uh, independent voters to the Democratic Party has dropped now sitting down around 21%. That is to say, independents are viewing Democrats less favorably and they're viewing Republicans slightly more favorably. Now, the favorable number is the same, but unfavorable is higher among Democrats. Independents are less likely to favor, or I'm sorry, independent voters are more likely to say they have an unfavorable view of the Democrats. The difference, 12% are unsure. This is the growth territory for Republicans. 19% of independents are not sure. That means you have an opportunity to convince these people to support the Republican Party. Not that it is a key to solving all the problems, but just that, in my opinion, the, the, the Democrats are insane, substantially worse than Republicans. You know, Republicans are speed bumps. <clears throat> what we need are American for America first populist Republicans of sound and, in my opinion, relatively moderate, but aggressive tactics. You know, I don't want some crazy ultra traditionalist. No, we just want someone who's going to be like gun rights, secure them, get this weird woke stuff out of there. That's not far right. That's just like American moderate positioning. That's why we're seeing this happen. I love this article from The Intercept back November, back in November 15th. Ryan Grimm writes, last Monday, a Democratic firm hosted focus groups with women in Virginia who voted in 2017 for Democratic Governor Ralph Northam. In 2020, <clears throat> for Democratic President Joe Biden, and then this month, for Republican Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin, who is now the governor, it was centered on suburban women. Consultant Danny Barefoot said that Anvil Strategies called roughly 30,000 people in Virginia. Most didn't answer, but several hundred of them fit the criteria he was looking for. People who voted Democrat, Democrat, uh, who, voted, who voted Democrat, Democrat, Republican in the last three elections. Those people were called back and offered a $100 gift card if they do a lunch hour Zoom and talk about why they voted the way they did. 96 women a fifth of whom were not white, were broken into three different sessions. Barefoot sat in on one of them and got permission from the funders to share quotes. <clears throat> Focus groups are put together, blah, blah, blah. What Barefoot found is that while the women agreed with Democrats on policy, they just didn't connect with them. When asked which party had better policy proposals, the group members overwhelmingly said Democrats. But when asked which party had cultural values closer to theirs, they cited Republicans. Democrats embracing the overt abuse of children. I will not tolerate. I will not placate, defend, diminish. You can shove off, my friends. Special shout out to Robbie Suave. Robbie is a libertarian personality who consistently has strange takes on big issues. On big issues, he tweeted the people who are, uh, you know, against the Florida bill. Are, are, who are who are saying parents, you know, our students shouldn't have shouldn't know about their teachers private lives are weird or something, something to that effect. I'm, I'm like, dude, did you even read the bill? It's just such a lazy take. No one is complaining about that. I don't want my kids to know about whether my teacher has a side job or is married. What? First of all, teachers don't need to talk about their private lives with the kids. And it is better they keep that stuff private because they're authority figures. But I don't care if a teacher has a picture of their husband, wife, gay or straight or otherwise. The concern is whether they're engaging in classroom instruction on adult matters for five to nine year olds. 
and then telling the kids not to tell their parents. That's the problem. And people see it. Take a look at this story from today. Democrat Senator Dick Durbin took to the Senate floor on Tuesday to oppose Republican legislation that would create tougher punishment for child offenders. Why? Why? I I don't understand. I seriously don't. Did you think getting up there and saying that you want leniency for people abusing children was going to garner any favor for anybody in the American for, for, in the American public? Most of the American public says if you abuse kids are found guilty, lock them up, throw away the key. Some people even call for the death penalty. And you thought going up there and being like, we need to help them and let these people go. Are you nuts? The recidivism rate for these people is through the roof. I am all about rehabilitation. But when it comes to kids, I pretty much draw the line there. I think there are many people in this country who need to spend more time in prison and many people in this country who should be spending less time in prison. Nonviolent drug offenses. Yo, come on. House arrest. Nonviolent. Now we're talking about violent offenses against children. You go supermax. We lock you up and say we don't want you harming our kids. Children are our future. Here we go. Bask in the glory, Democrats. This is your party. Last week, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley introduced the Protect Act of 2022, which aims to protect children from exploitation by enhancing the penalties for possessing images of adults. uh, I'm sorry, images of children in disgusting uh, ways and by preventing judges from sentencing offenders below federal guidelines. And the reason he did is because Democrats have, are, are, are all in favor, and some Republicans, of supporting Katanji Brown-Jackson, who continually and repeatedly is lenient towards people who abuse children. The bill is co-sponsored by Senators Mike Lee, Rick Scott, and Tom Tillis. Speaking on the Senate floor, Durbin said these guidelines don't reflect, reflect the reality of today. We now live in a world of internet access to thousands of images, If that's your decision, Durbin argued the laws were created to address physical materials like videotapes. Since the Internet is flooded with images of abuse, he does not believe the same punishments should apply. Why? You're saying because it's easier now to access a a, a material of children being exploited in, in, in insane and disgusting ways. You would want to lower the penalty for having these things. Yo, we said Here are the guidelines for possessing these materials when it was hard to get them. Now it's easier to get them, meaning we need to increase the penalties. And he wants to decrease the penalties. They are overtly protecting people who want to abuse children. No questions about it. Let me just lay out the logic very simply. One more time, please just think about this. It was very difficult in the past, relatively, to get access to these materials. And so we were like, you should spend X amount of time in prison if you have large quantities of these materials, knowing that it was less likely because it was hard for people to come by these things. Through technology, it has become easier. That means more people will try to exploit the system and gain more access. Well, the response should be, As it gets easier and people seek to continue and expand upon the exploitation of children, we should increase the penalties because it is now easier for them to engage in this behavior, this criminal behavior. What are the Democrats saying? No, 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 no. Reduce the guidelines. Look at Florida. We don't want teachers 
engaging in classroom instruction. That's the specific language on adult matters with five to nine year olds. And we don't want them keeping it a secret from parents. And the Democrats oppose that bill. Quote, by federal statute, judges are required to sentence criminals within ranges set by federal sentencing guidelines. The statement continued in 2003. Congress passed the original Protect Act to curtail the exceptions and enhance penalties for exploitation of children. The senator's office explained the Supreme Court gutted the Protect Act in 2005. Quote, the horror of exploitation is exponentially worse than it was a decade ago. And judges handing out lenient sentences for these criminals is a big reason why, said Senator Hawley. While the White House continues to dismiss concerns about leniency as a desperate conspiracy theory, the numbers speak for themselves. Hawley is correct. Katanji Brown Jackson said, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to we're going to go lax. She was like, if somebody accessed this stuff for even 15 minutes, they could get 50 years. And I'm like, and the question is criminal behavior. Now, what we got to be careful of is protecting the innocent. There have been instances. Uh, Alex Jones was involved in a very serious uh, incident where someone apparently sent him horrifying images And then they tried to claim it was his fault. No, he was cleared of any wrongdoing. What we don't want is someone to open up their email and then be like, whoa, and then have someone try and claim they possessed it. But that's not the criminal action. The criminal action is for people who are seeking out, participating in, downloading this kind of stuff. Exploitation of children. For some reason, they're trying to give people. They're trying to make it easier It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late. You're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Lose your votes. Lose your voters. Do what you want to do. Take a look at this one. Longtime Michigan GOP rep Fred Upton announces his retirement. Ah, we have this tweet from Scott Pressler. Another one bites the dust. Fred Upton, Republican from Michigan, who voted to impeach Trump, is retiring. You've got John Katko, Fred Upton, Adam Kinzinger, Anthony Gonzalez. Bye. These people wanted to vote, vote, uh, vote out Trump. Well, now they know they're going to lose and it's over for them. Liz Cheney turns to Democrats to save her hide. The math doesn't lie. And neither do Cheney's actions on the ground in recent months. Do you think, Liz Cheney, that you're going to get reelected? In 2007, in this blue bastion in one of the reddest states in the country, liberal activists wheeled out a giant statue of Dick Cheney through the town to protest his star role in the Iraq war before toppling it Saddam Hussein style. Fifteen years later, his daughter, Rep. Liz Cheney, is turning to the same rare species in Wyoming Democrats to save her House seat. And Trumpist Republicans are doing everything in their power to thwart her. 
The turnabout for Cheney, one of the most unlikely twists in Republican politics in recent years, and a party that's had no shortage of them, will come into sharp relief next week at a gathering at Jackson Center, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about the nitty gritty. I care about the point that she is turning to Democrats. What Cheney doesn't know until now is that a band of Trump loving Republicans will be on hand to greet her. They snapped up a quarter of the tickets. She is not going to be reelected. Bextel vowed. Bextel may be correct, though there's been scant public polling of her primary campaign against Trump backed Harriet Hageman. It's apparent that Republicans in Wyoming, which voted for Trump over Joe Biden, have turned against Cheney in mass since January 6, because Cheney is a uniparty establishment, disgusting individual. She is one of the worst people in politics, and I look forward to history writing her name uh, in the history books as a failed, disgusting, corrupt politician. She's just one of the worst. So is Adam Kinzinger. So is Adam Schiff. All of these people. Now, you know what? History books, whatever. Doing what's right is what matters. And these people aren't doing what's right. The January 6th committee is exploiting the power of the federal government to target their political rivals. It's gross. It really is. But they can now reap what they sow. The Morning Consult says the culture war has Democrats facing electoral demise in rural America. Can they stop the bleeding? New survey of rural voters shows what's driving what's driving the party increasingly barren showings and potential avenues for recovery. Yeah cultural issues. Y'all have lost it. From Pew, party affiliation among voters, 92 to 2016. I show this because typically Democrats have had a major lead across the board in a variety of ways. Going to 2016 among women, they've had the lead. And now things are actually starting to shift, especially with the generic ballot, the generic polling for the upcoming midterm elections, favoring Republicans. Here we go. Pew says, Republicans more likely than Democrats to say partisan control of Congress really matters because I think Democrats have checked out 71% of Republican voters say their vote for Congress is against Biden. If the Republicans win, if you go out in your primaries, if you register, if you tell your friends to register in and vote in the primaries and the local elections, you can impeach Joe Biden, which needs to happen. Here's here's where we're at. Billionaire investor Ray Dalio warns soaring inflation under Biden will send America back to the 1970s. We're going to have a period of stagflation. Oh, yeah. It'll be bad. It's already bad. I went to the grocery store and I bought a bunch of groceries and it was just insanely expensive. I couldn't believe it. I'm not kidding, man. Every week I go to the grocery store. It's just the prices are going up and it's nuts. They're only going to go up. Regular people can see this. How about this story? Black Lives Matter secretly bought a $6 million house. Allies and critics alike have questioned where the organization's money has gone. They ripped you all off. This is making people wake up for sure. Oh, here we go. I love this story. Has Hunter Biden pulled, has, has Joe Biden been pulled into Hunter grand jury probe? Witness is asked to identify the big guy who would get kickback in deal with Chinese energy giant after former associate claimed it was the president. I wonder who it is. I wonder who flew Hunter Biden on, an, on a plane to China for a private equity deal. Uh, was it Joe? Was, it, was he using Air Force Two to bring his son to China for a private equity deal? This dude has ripped you all off. This is where we're at. 
So many people voted for what may be one of the most corrupt administrations in history. Why? Because the media said the orange man was bad. I hope I hope it was worth it. I hope all of these Biden voters come home looking at their paycheck and looking at the cost of their groceries and say, what have I done? I hope these people remember it when they go and vote in November. Many of these people are just in a cult. They don't care about principle or policy or, or economics. They just want you to suffer. That's what they want. They want to win. Well, they've lost. Because at a certain point, when people say, yo, I can't afford gas anymore. Under, under Trump, it was at least around two bucks on average. I'm not going to give Trump the credit for what happened during the pandemic, because that was a weird thing. Demand for gas was so low because no one was driving during the height of the pandemic that gas prices or oil prices went negative. This brought gas prices down below two bucks a gallon. For a lot of people, it was really, really good news. But a lot of people weren't working. So it's not all Trump's, um, you know, Trump doesn't get all the credit for that. But on average, through the Trump presidency, gas is around $2.30 or so. Now it's over four bucks. Certainly people are going to be like, dude, I can't afford to drive to work anymore. Maybe we need remote work. A lot of people are calling for that, but that's mostly big city types. For people who live out in the suburbs, all these suburban housewives, you voted for this. Congratulations. You reap what you've sown. You get what you ask for and you get what you deserve. And this is what you deserve if you voted for Joe Biden. I'm willing to bet that a lot of people who voted, for Trump, who voted for Trump prepared, either buying emergency food, water, or investing their U.S. dollars in something like crypto or just some harder, harder asset. And the people who voted for Joe Biden were like, we're going to see the Biden boom. And the media kept saying, Biden boom, baby. And the economy is in shambles. And you're being, we're being warned by this billionaire. It's going to get worse. Stagflation, inflation, and shrinkflation. There's going to be no growth. You're going to see the size of your groceries shrink, but the boxes will stay the same size. How about that? Compare the ounces. Every day you go to the grocery store, when you buy a box of cereal, whatever you buy, take a picture of the amount of the, 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 the net weight and then come back and do it. And then you'll watch the number tick, 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 shrinkflation. The boxes get bigger. The food gets smaller. Thanks, Joe Biden. I love what they're trying to do. There are stickers they're putting up on gas pumps that shows Putin uh, riding on the back of a scooter with Trump. And it says, we did that. Yeah, sorry, it doesn't fly. Under Donald Trump, gas was cheap. You want to blame Trump and Putin? That makes no sense. Vladimir Putin sells gas. We were a net exporter under Trump. The desperation is palpable. And it's and they have it is they should take all the blame. People voted for Joe Biden. Well, now we're seeing it. Democrat voters are jumping ship. It's been an ongoing trend for the past year or so. Let's see how this plays out in November. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Workers in New York City at an Amazon warehouse who voted to form a union are heavily criticizing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for trying to take credit for something she was not involved in. Cheering and celebrating and everyone says, what do you have to say to her? And they're like, she had nothing to do with this. She didn't even show up. That's just the first scandal. The bigger scandal, in my opinion, while both are relevant, is that AOC's campaign and ex-chief of staff failed to disclose $1 million in expenses. Several years ago, 
It was reported that one of these intermediary companies associated with AOC had hired her boyfriend. He worked for about two months and then stopped working. And my understanding is it's, it's been a while, but shortly after he then moves to New York and moves in with AOC. It really did seem like they hired AOC, hired her boyfriend off the books by using a third party company to obfuscate what they were doing so they could funnel money to him through the campaign illegally so that he could move to New York to be with her. It did not sound to me, at least, like there was legitimate work going on. Of course, the company that hired him said, no, no, he is a digital marketing strategist. And this employment was totally on the record. And it was it was it was totally above board perhaps. But from this comes questions about how AOC was funneling dark money for her campaigns. And now we have one of the craziest stories we've seen in a long time, that the FEC is outright saying AOC and her uh, AOC's former chief of staff, Saiket Chakrabarty, was funneling a million dollars through two political action committees, brand new Congress and Justice Democrats, which also in- involves Cenk Uger and Kyle Kalinske, According to the New York Post, I believe Kyle Kalinske was involved with Justice Democrats. Despite the findings, the FEC voted to dismiss the complaint lodged against Ocasio-Cortez by the National Legal and Policy Center in March 2019. Yo, what's going on? She was funneling, her campaign was funneling money. A two-year investigation. What was happening with these funds? Where were they going? Where were they going? Why were they moving to, through these other companies? And why is AOC criticizing other people for using dark money? The craziest thing about this is that the FEC has dismissed the complaint. Let me read the story for you. We'll go through what's going on, and we'll take a look at some related uh, information pertaining to her boyfriend and perhaps the outright and overt corruption of AOC. And then we'll wrap it all with a nice bow around how she's trying to take credit or be involved in what happened with the Amazon workers in Staten Island. The Examiner reports, the campaign of New York rep AOC and her former chief of staff were found to have failed to report roughly $1 million in expenses. The the Federal Election Commission released filings on Thursday from a two-year investigation surrounding allegations that Ocasio-Cortez's former chief of staff, Sakhar Chakrabarty, funneled $1 million through two political action committees, brand new Congress and Justice Democrats, according to the New York Post. Despite the findings, the FEC voted to dismiss a complaint lodged against AOC. Quote, the FEC has gone after a whole host of people whose violations are dwarfed by the scale of this scheme. Paul Kaminar, the attorney for the NLPC said in a statement to the outlet, it appears to be not prosecutorial discretion, but prosecutorial favoritism. Now, I want to make sure I'm going to be very, very uh, nitpicky on this one. They say released filings from a two year investigation surrounding allegations. They funneled one million dollars through two political action committees, uh, through two political action committees, brand new Congress and Justice Democrats. They say despite the findings. OK, well, it, it outright says they were found to have failed roughly $1 million in expenses. I just want to make sure I'm being as specific as possible as it pertains to the total amount they're accused of failing to report. The NLPC's complaint claim that Chakrabarty funneled the money through two political action committees into two organizations, according to the outlet. The money transferred might have been in violation of the $5,000 limit for donations to federal candidates, according to the complaint. But because they went through these other companies, because they're effectively being funneled and going dark, 
We don't know. The investigation from the FEC found that the two PACs did not properly disclose the purpose of the disbursements to the shell companies, according to the outlet. In response to the findings, the NLPC filed a lawsuit against the Federal Election Integrity Organization for failing to provide a reason for dismissing its complaint, according to the outlet. Quote, it was highly irregular for the FEC to release its statement of reasons after the deadline for us to file suit. Tom Anderson, the director of the NLPC's Government Integrity Project, told the outlet. The FEC's findings come more than 30 days after the agency voted to dismiss the complaint against Ocasio-Cortez, according to the outlet. The examiner reached out to AOC for a statement, but did not receive a response back. That is to say, the FEC came out and said, we're dismissing this complaint. Many people just assume it means taint nothing there. Then they come out 30 days later and say, oh yeah, well, she did it. Yo, what? Something ain't right. Let me bring you back in time and talk about what's going on, because this is related. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's campaign may have illegally paid her boyfriend. Hmm. February 28th, 2019. The New York Post reported the Coolidge Reagan Foundation alleged in the complaint that brand new Congress PAC paid Ocasio-Cortez's boyfriend, Riley Roberts, for marketing services after the PAC was hired by her campaign. Using the third party political action committee to pay her boyfriend may have violated campaign finance laws. A lawyer for the Coolidge Reagan Foundation told the Post, quote, it's totally legal as a candidate to hire family members, people, you know, to work for you. But they didn't do that. Instead of paying him directly, they paid him through an intermediary in order to obscure the fact that they paid him. The FEC should investigate and find out if that's the case. That's the allegation. But the pact that hired Roberts told Fox News, who first reported the story, that all payments were legally sound. Roberts is a professional digital marketing and growth consultant who specializes in social media presence and subscriber engagement. A spokeswoman told for Brand New Congress, PAC told Fox, he was hired through a two-month trial period beginning on August 3rd, 2017, and worked through the end of September 2017. Services to the Brand New Congress PAC consisted of advertising strategies for potential growth, developing metrics, and aiding in execution of strategy to increase brand awareness for the pack as a whole. AOC, of course, did not respond. AOC, in my opinion, is crooked. She is corrupt. She is a liar and a manipulator. When she first won her primary, I gave her a round of applause. I said, good for her, challenging the establishment crony Democrats, pushing through the muck in the mire and winning. I thought it was a good thing. AOC was an outsider. Then you quickly see how fast she changed, because what does she really want? AOC, in my opinion, is, is an evil person. It's an evil person. If you don't know about the things she's been accused of and the things she's actually done, such as lying to the public about what happened on January 6th, then perhaps you disagree with me. And you'll say, Tim, you're biased, and you don't really hate AOC, and you're, you're evil, and you're wrong. AOC used campaign money to get her boyfriend, at least it would seem, to move to New York to live with her. She should have disclosed it. She could have disclosed it. They could have done everything on the level. Instead, it took these investiga investigative bodies to see what was happening and file a complaint. Her chief of staff failed to, to disclose a million dollars in funding. How do you explain that? If you like AOC, you're okay with dark money in politics? I'm not. I don't like any of it. Any single one of them. I don't care who's doing it, Trump or otherwise. It's all bad. But let me just hit this one out of the park before I talk about how she's trying to steal the credit for what's happening with the Amazon workers. 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tells a story on Instagram about how on January 6th, she she hears a knock on her door and she goes and hides in the bathroom because she's scared and she hears, where is she? Where is she? In her story, that's how she describes it. Thinking to herself, saying, saying, I thought I was going to die. Turns out it was a police officer. It turns out this was a bomb scare. It turns out AOC fabricated the context around the story. Yes, a police officer did go to her door and knock. It was because there was a bomb scare. This was a full hour before the Capitol was breached. Did AOC know the Capitol was going to be breached? She must have. How else would she have known that, that rioters could have made it to her door? Oh, wait a minute. The reality is she probably did not know anyone was going to breach the Capitol or storm in the building. She just fabricated the story after the fact to make it seem like the cop who knocked on her door was a rioter. Let me stress that point again. Go watch her Instagram video. Even conservatives missed this one. AOC claimed that there was a knock on her door and that someone said, where is she? And she was hiding in the bathroom, terrified that they had come for her and she was going to die. Implying the rioters had broken in and found her office. The only problem is this story took place one hour before the Capitol was breached. Ocasio-Cortez fabricated the story. Don't believe me? Go look it up yourself. Don't want to? Then admit to yourself you don't care about what is true. You don't care about whether or not you're being ripped off. And you can go fillet the state for all I care. AOC is an evil person. Let's take a look at this story. Let's take a look at how she's trying to take credit for what hardworking people accomplished. She isn't part of our squad. Amazon union leader slams Ocasio-Cortez for abandoning them and says she doesn't deserve this moment after she celebrated Staten Island warehouse voting to unionize. If you support AOC after all of this, just be honest with yourself that she is a manipulator and a liar. Oh, by all means, you can recognize that she has a powerful voice. Good for you. I don't care. You can like everything she does. Just be honest about it. The Daily Mail reports as the, you know what, you know, I'm not, let's, let's not even go with the Daily Mail. Let's go with the tweets. AOC tweeted a bunch of flexing arms, quoting a Amazon labor union. Current vote totals, 1,518 yes, 1,154 no. 364 votes in ALU's favor to wrap up today's count. Counting will resume at 10 a.m. tomorrow. Crystal Ball, who is a progressive, responds, here's the guy who organized the union drive talking about how you left them high and dry. These are your constituents and you couldn't be bothered to show up until they're on the cusp of victory. AOC says, the warehouse isn't in my district and maybe you should look at a map before claiming so. One scheduling conflict aside, we have requested oversight investigations into Amazon, met with Amazon workers in the Woodside warehouses and more. Hope you do more due diligence next time. Dan Price, famous CEO who took a pay cut and raised the salary of all of his employees, says, I love and admire Crystal greatly, but I have scheduling conflicts constantly. Life happens. Things come up. I don't think it's realistic to ask one person to be at every event and solve every problem. 
Crystal responds, not one member of the squad showed up. They all ghosted Chris. And this wasn't just another event. It was the most substantial worker-led organizing effort at one of the most powerful companies in the world. They all had excuses. For all the many months of this organizing drive, And AOC says, so what exactly is the insinuation here? That we are secretly in the tank for Amazon? That we are sellouts despite leading congressional investigations into Amazon? Taking huge blowback to call out the scam HQ2 deal? Meeting with workers in our district warehouses? It's reaching. Ocasio-Cortez tanked or helped tank a deal that would have brought massive jobs to New York. I think it cost Amazon something like $3 billion a year for 10 years, some ridiculous number. And when everyone got really mad at AOC, she said, well, it's not even in my district. Yet she was down in the financial district leading protests. She is a liar. She is duplicitous. What's the accusation here? That you're sellouts? It's that you will say whatever you need to say to get clout and political power. Crystal responded, You'll have to say for yourself why you didn't even tweet out your tweet out your support. I have no way to know. You're going to reply to shut down Amazon. I'd say his views matter a lot more than mine. That's right. Shut down Amazon. The dude who actually led the charge. Let me take a look. Let's pull up some of his tweets. Status quo news. Hell no. She don't deserve this moment. Shut down Amazon response to whether he has a message for AOC who workers told status quo flaked on them and wouldn't show support for their union drive. Amazon labor union organizer Christian Smalls speaks to the media as ALU members celebrate official victory after hearing results regarding the vote to unionize outside the NLRB offices in Brooklyn, New York, U.S., April 1st. Where was AOC when they were asking for her help? When they when she ghosted them? Okay, fine. She doesn't have to be at these meetings. Fine. Why is it that there are so many circumstances where AOC is shown to be manipulative or outright lying and people just take her back? Yet when this dude leads the charge and wins, she pops up celebrating and he's like, nah, why are people defending AOC over the dude who actually got something done? Smalls claimed he went down to D.C. and personally invited squad members Corey Bush, AOC and Mondaire Jones to join in his effort to unionize, but none showed up. Me personally, I wouldn't join a union. But if these people want to vote for it, I got no issue. By all means, do your thing. My attitude is very much more civil libertarian. I work for a company and people start saying, yo, we want to unionize. I say, I don't want to be involved in that. I really don't. I had a friend. I had left a company. I got word that the company was was voting to unionize. And I said to my friend, you need to go to your boss and tell them you want nothing to do with this. You do not want to be a part of a union. And she was like, why would I do that? We're going to get more money. And I said, your company operates off of investment. You are not generating revenue. They're not going to negotiate with you to give you more money when you cost them money and make them none. If you want to keep your job or keep some connection to what's going with this industry, you need to say, I don't want to be involved in this. And she didn't want to do that. And what happened? The company laid hundreds of people off because the company didn't make money. It's insane to me that people think you can be part of an investment, that someone could be like, we're going to invest in your job that makes no money. Then you would be like, okay, we're going to form a union. 
My attitude is on, on unions is by all means, absolutely everybody should have the opportunity, should discuss it, decide what makes sense for them. My only response is just keep in mind, if your company does not make money, they will not keep you on. Now, as for Amazon, Amazon be making some money. By all means, have your vote. I think it's fascinating. There's a lot of there's a lot of pros and cons with unions. Me personally, I don't want to be in one, but I certainly am not stupid enough to ignore the fact that these people are now going to benefit to a great degree. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But where, where is the support for the guy who actually did the work? The guy who actually did the work, he's who should be representing progressives in Congress, not AOC. Not these, politic, uh, these, these social media personalities, influencers, a dude who actually got something done. I got tremendous respect for people who do the work. And this guy did the work, and he deserves a shout out because he won, he pushed, he got it. Now that is power. When AOC first won in her district in the primary, that's how I felt. She put in the work, she pushed back, and she won. But then you can see how bad things really got. We'll see what happens with this guy. Now, he's just representing a labor union at an Amazon warehouse. I don't like Amazon. I think they're a massive multinational corporation that is exploiting the system. They've been greatly benefited by, 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 the, by the pandemic. I think Jeff Bezos, for the most part, is kind of a bad guy. Buying the Washington Post and letting the Washington Post be just overtly evil. So you know what? Sock it to him. Bring the fight. Amazon, Amazon workers should get paid more. I, I Look, I do use Amazon periodically because it is just a whole lot easier. And that's the reality. But it's scary. We're seeing this convenience, but we're also seeing the, the, the dangers and the exploitation. I don't know if the union is going to be the right thing. They voted for it. They better continue to vote. And they have to remain. They got to they stay tough to make sure corruption doesn't take over their union. And that's always the biggest fear I've had. I've had with unions. I got no problem if somebody wants to form a union. I don't want to be in one. I don't care if anybody else wants to have one. I'll run the company. You guys do your thing. Be it anybody here, by all means, do your thing with my blessing. Just that's not for me. I don't care what people want to vote for. When it comes to AOC, what frustrates me is at a certain point, can't you just recognize that you're being ripped off? That's the problem in this country. People don't care. I can sit back and tell you these things about AOC. I can show you the story about what she was doing and they'll just... Oh, well, you know, that was really this or, or you know, that's a smear or they're lying. It was dismissed. That proves you did nothing wrong. Donald Trump has done a lot of bad things. He's, 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 he's a nasty guy. But bad things are not necessarily bad policy. I think Donald Trump policy wise was doing a lot of good for this country. I think, you know, bad things are like, you know, his demeanor. The missile strike in, in, in uh, Syria, commando raids in Yemen, drone strikes in the Middle East. These are bad things. We did a lot of really good things. The challenge is recognizing what good and bad you're willing to accept. Donald Trump has done some bad things. Um, the State Department website, I think it was in the UK or it might have been in, in, in Scotland, 
was advertising a Trump resort or something like that. I'm not a fan of that. Trump was trying to use his properties with like G7 meetings, and he was having people in the Air Force stay at his properties. I'm not a fan of that. I think those are bad things. I have no problem calling those things out every single time, and I have. What I take issue with is the people who won't call out AOC's bad things. Does AOC do do good? No, a little bit. For progressives, across the board, overwhelmingly bad stuff. Yet people keep backing her up. Lies, cheats, and steals. She is just crooked as they come. Since the beginning. You know why? I'll tell you the difference between AOC and Trump. They're both social media blowhards. They're both culture warriors. They both represent their populist factions. But AOC was a nobody. And I actually respect that. She was a bartender. And she, she fought her way and she won and she got in Congress and she made millions of followers. Good for her. I respect that she came from humble upbringings, from, from a humble position. But then she's, she's scared. She's scared of losing what little she's finally grasped onto. Go back to being a bartender? How embarrassing would that be? I've talked about this. After Occupy Wall Street, I get all this attention. I'm in magazines and I'm like, what do I do now? If I don't do something big, it'll be like, man, whatever happened to that guy? Talk about a failed opportunity. Well, I fought and I clawed and I made sure to to keep working and do the work. When I left uh, Fusion, I thought the same thing. I'm like, that's it. I'm out of the industry in New York. I'm not going to go back to these corrupt companies. What do I do? Is that it? Is is that dude who was, the, they, they called me an expendable, one of the expendables hires for Fusion, like the movie. They hired all these top personalities and talents. Now I'm out. What do I do? Could this be it? It's a scary feeling thinking you don't know where you're going. But for me, I thought I'll just keep doing my thing. I'll go independent and I'll fight for myself. AOC just bent the knee and said, tell me what to do. I can't lose this. Donald Trump said, I already have it all. I don't care. Trump's not worried about losing anything. He's an old man. He's lived the life. That's the difference. With AOC, the corruption is the rule, not the exception. With Trump, it's the exception, not the rule. Meaning they both have, to varying degrees, bad in them and corruption. But AOC is just so bad. Can't stand her. And now the FEC says, yeah, you know, she did these things, but we're not going to do anything about it. That's corruption, man. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.